Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. Time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child, and it being the first Monday of the month, today is a parents panel day. So I am delighted to bring on the air here both Susie, how are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? I am well, and Anna, how are you today? Hello, I'm good. Hi, Susie. Hi, Anna. And, um, well, we've got 45 minutes here to talk about what we want to talk about, but it's also fine for people to call in if they want to, and that number is 347-994-2981. Anything on either of your minds today before we jump into the topic du jour? I'm good. Not really. Got it. So one of the things we were talking about talking about during today's program, both for parents who are brand new to the model, but also for parents who are still working at it and may even be old hands at using it, is um well, a question that I got asked last week when I was spoke, speaking in Brooklyn, New York, um, a wonderful group of people that I spoke to in Brooklyn, New York, very eager to learn and open-minded and um, my kind of group. Um, but one of the questions that came up was, does using this model, collaborative and proactive solutions, Plan B, mean that you're no longer using the strategies that you had been using. Namely, plan A, which is solving problems unilaterally, punishing, um, timeouts, stickers. We thought that might make for a good topic for you both because you're either in the midst of it, in Anna's case, or... Um, have done it, been there, done that, in Susie's case. Um, what did you all find when you were implementing this model in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, in terms of the degree to which you found yourself still using the old stuff? Um, how'd that go? How'd that work? You're up. And as always, I'm now going to take a back seat and, uh, and listen along with everybody else. You go first, Susie. Um, if you want. Right. Sure. Um, well, the reason I think that I was so open to a new model of care for my challenging child was that what we were doing with discipline, punishment, consequences um, wasn't working. And in fact, it was making the situation worse. Um, So by viewing our challenging child 
that he had lagging skills and unsolved problems, um, viewing him through that prism, we no longer needed to um, use plan A and impose our will because that wasn't going to help with teaching skills and solving problems and, as I said, was making things worse. Um, at the beginning, it was very difficult for me to um, remember that you didn't have to say it perfectly, that there were no wrong answers. Um, it was just the mutually satisfying solution that addressed both parties' concerns and what you worked out proactively between you and your child. Um, that that took some time to get comfortable at, but but the beauty of the model was that by listening to your child, by really hearing him, they they come to understand and trust you that you're trying to do things better and differently and um, trying to work with your child as opposed to at your child. Um, and the only other thing that I wanted to mention was, you know, in the beginning, um, it is, it's not easy. The model is not easy. It takes time and it takes practice. But, um, but if you can just stick with it, uh, it it really does succeed. I I also in the beginning um, probably used Plan C a bit too much until um, because it had tapped into my um, abusive childhood. Um, but then I saw that using too much Plan C wasn't helping my child, so that's when we started having Plan B discussions. Anna? Uh, yeah, all of the above. The, what, the, the, the time out and the punishing and the rewarding, and it doesn't work. And that's what led me to the model. I, uh, out looking for solutions. So, when I did get to the model, I had already figured out maybe that that doesn't work. And actually, I had a friend tell me, well, timeouts aren't working. What are you going to do? So I'd already started thinking, okay, I need to find an alternative. I, I spent a lot of time in the beginning like uh, explaining myself and now realize I actually didn't need to because it's remarkable how many people... It's like this secret society of people who actually democratically parent their children. But if their children aren't challenging, then it looks a little bit different. So I remember saying early days saying, you know, how long till you're ready to go? That was one of the solutions we worked out for transitioning out of a play situation. And looking at the person next to me saying, you know, I never thought I would be one of those parents to ask their child permission to leave. But and she's like, oh, yeah. I always did that with my kids. And it was to a grandmother, I said that. And, and, uh, and, and coming out of the closet sort of about, we actually don't punish our children. 
if if there's something wrong, then we discuss it. And the whole idea of punishment and consequences is uh, like I, I I didn't think that that was I always had that in my parenting repertoire, and I parented for two, almost 20 years with that, but for for 20 years, and and now it's. It, it, it's not even there anymore. Consequences. Well, they can make their own decisions. They don't need consequences. They decide to do something and it works for them or it doesn't. And once I started doing plan B and listening and and negotiating, then it became a... Everybody was on board for that. Everybody wants to help everybody. We all want to get along together. And really starting with at a place of kids are doing their best no matter what it uh it changes the entire it changes the entire dynamic of our home to and i i thought before oh i'm such a democratic parent and and uh, i'm so fair and and but i was actually only democratic as long as they were doing what i wanted them to do <laughs> so that's uh and for example my daughter uh She's in high school and she's doing well. And and uh, I went to the parent interview and I tell her, you know, you're in charge of your education. I'm not gonna, you know, you do, you decide what how you want your education to look. And so I go to her music teacher expecting accolades, and he's like, oh, she never listens. She sits in the back of the class and does and and like this tirade of negativity that I was completely unprepared for. So I get home and I go in and I'm like, I can't believe the music teacher said all these terrible things and what are you doing in that music class? And went on a tirade and then went away and then I came back and I said, actually, you know what? I'm sorry that I I came home and lost my patience with you and said those things because it's your decision. It's It's not you're in charge of your education until you do something I don't want you to. It is entirely... I'm here to facilitate your education, but the decisions are yours. And if you do not want to listen to your music teacher, that is your decision. And so it, it, the democratic parenting in our house is actually based in the reality of sometimes I lose my patience. And sometimes I say things this morning, I don't want to drive you to school, but like, so there is reality here, even with the timeouts. There's times and I'm like, go and sit. <laughs> and And they just look at me like, Really? But whether he does or not is irrelevant. When I get to that point, I often say, I'm canceling Christmas, and then they all laugh because <laughs> that's like our code word for, okay, I'm I'm being irrational. <laughs> and that just breaks the tension, and then we can all take a step back and then come back. And we leave lots of room for that, that people lose their patience and say rude things or mean things and then come back and apologize. But you have to start that ball. You as the adult have to be the example on, I'm sorry I said that. And I think that brings up a good point about the model is that it is about trying to understand, but it's also a way of communicating and improves, at least for in my experience with our family, um, it improved the way people talked and treated each other. There was a, a compassion there and um, that 
that hadn't been there before and, in fact, was um, the complete opposite of what I thought when I thought about having a family. I couldn't believe the way um, people were being sarcastic and mean-teasing and talking to each other. just wasn't what I had envisioned. How about your significant others? What did you find going on with them early on, later on? How'd that play out? A lot of Can parents. I go first, Susie? Of course. Go ahead. <laughs> the thing about the model is when I read the book, I didn't say anything to anybody in the house, but within, I would say, four days, everybody had adopted the way I spoke to my challenging child in as far as asking and listening and letting him be and letting it go a little bit. So, and that included my other. And the other side of that is my other doesn't see the behaviors that I see. He's rarely as challenging and my other can come down with a plan A and he can get results that, and at school too, his teacher has said, there's another teacher who can tell him, do this, and he'll do it in a way that if she said it, he wouldn't do. So the problem with that is just because outwardly they're complying, inwardly they're still deregulating. And so there is a bit of a a, a, a trade-off in that. But so the my other, he does, he instantly adopted, as did the siblings, with how things are now and at the same time they didn't need it to the same degree as I did because certainly my son saved the worst for me thank you Susie for letting me go first of course um ours is an interesting mix because I would say my significant other and I have different parenting philosophies um, he was raised on Plan A, and um, it worked, quote-unquote, for him. Um, early on, he knew that what we were doing wasn't working with our challenging child. So um, it took a, a little bit of convincing, but um, I think he was he was open to doing something different because our our son was actually deteriorating, you know, before our eyes um, because of uh, punishing and, and discipline and consequences were making things worse. Um, he actually does plan B beautifully when he does plan B. Um, I think his tendency is to um, is is sort of a knee-jerk reaction to um, go into plan A but he'll catch himself now and um, put it into a plan B context um, so we've had some interesting discussions to say the least How'd y'all work it out? Um, I 
think for the really important things, uh, we worked it out in with the Plan B discussion. There were times that we just agreed to disagree and um, sort of left it at that. And so it sounds like you both pretty much eliminated Plan A, or is that not true? People, a few people in Brooklyn wanted to know, does that mean rewards are gone, punishment is gone? I'm not telling my kid what to do anymore? And by the way, we, we're going to stick with this a little longer, but we have some callers on the line as well who we'll get to in the next five minutes or so. But plan A gone, punishment, rewarding, out of the picture? Right. They're yeah. all gone because gone. they're not working. So why would you stick with something that's broken? Um, you, the The reward is that things are better between you and your kid and you and your family. Um, that's usually <laughs> reward in and of itself. Yeah. My husband still likes to reward the kids for external things. And, and even before I found the model, I was not a big rewarder. And... The problem with reward and, and punishment is that it, it the message is, it, it, I don't trust you. I don't trust you to do the right thing. And so I have to convince you and motivate you. And it's incredible the number of conversations I overhear of children asking their parents for external motivations. Even as young as six, seven years old, children are like, okay, mom, if I don't turn off the TV the first time you ask me, then tell me no TV for two days. And when I hear that, I think, you know, there's a big lagging skill and he is begging for your help and he doesn't even know that he he can't do it. Like, it, it breaks my heart. And luckily I've then said, you know, he motivation isn't the problem. He's motivated to please you. And and that's the thing about reward and punishment is that it doesn't acknowledge that children already really just want to to please you. You just have to get out of their way. And could I just add one other thing? That you just I came to understand that punishment's not effective at changing this type of child's behavior. You never stop to think that the message will never get through. It's hard to think when you're in there that that'll not be the way you do it. It, Change is hard. Change is hard. And it's hard to think. And and if somebody had told me three years ago, I'd be like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. But it's about planting the seed and letting it grow when you start thinking, when you start seeing. But I, 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 I understand those people in Brooklyn because if someone had told me all this stuff, I would have been like, that's just crazy. But... I just, I'm so lucky that my youngest son 
is the way he is so that I can that I was able to change and grow and be this parent because I think that my whole family is reaping the benefits. You know, the question is often phrased as the following, but sometimes I find that rewarding works. And my pat response to that is, what do you mean works? And what I often say is, one of the um, major findings from the literature on rewarding and punishing is First of all, that 50% of parents drop out of that form of treatment before it's completed. But secondly, that the behavior often returns to baseline when the reward and punishment program is removed. And what I always say is, is that I'm looking for durable change. Now, in the case of explosive kids, I've got another rationale, and that is that the failure to achieve an anticipated reward often causes an explosion, and being punished often causes an explosion. So I've got even more reasons for why I wouldn't do it, but I'm looking in explosive kids, but I'm looking for durable change. And what comes to mind here is a um, one of my children who doesn't love to read, and one of his grandparents thought that. He really wanted him to read, and so he promised my son money for reading, and this was very exciting. I I was not enthusiastic about it, and in fact, in the past, had vetoed such plans, but in this case, said whatever. So I think my son collected the payment for, oh, two or three months, and now he's reading just as little as he did before. Um, so we got a we got a we got a boost, but it wasn't durable, and I'm looking for durable problems that are solved. Don't set in motion challenging episodes anymore. Not behaviors that are reinforced, problems that are solved. Um, very interesting. Always an interesting question. Anything. Either of you want to say further on that before we take some of our calls that we have holding on here? One one thing in that your story, and, and certainly I do things like that too, where I'm only one person in my child's lives. And grandparents, other parents, aunts, uncles, everybody has the right, has the right. as long as it's not detrimental, to... Like, everybody thinks they're right. You're, the grandparents thought they were right in motivating him by giving him money to read. So I think that that is a lesson in itself in showing your child doesn't like to read, that other people have different ideas. And I think that's an important lesson, just that, that I don't think rewards work, but grandma and grandpa do. So let's let that happen. And, and I think that that's a democratic in itself because you're not the only player. Right. Um, we haven't discussed it with the grandparents lately, but um, I think it's great for my kids to know that there's different ways to do things. Exactly, yep. Um, I will say this about them. If there's a problem, they greatly prefer that it be solved collaboratively than unilaterally. 
and are very enthusiastic about participating in the process. Shall we go to the our callers? Sounds good. Let's do it. We've got area code 703 hanging on for the last 17 minutes. We appreciate you holding on. How are you today? Area no, code 703? Are you, can you, you there? Yep, uh, we can hear you. You know, I'm just listening, and I thought that I was just listening, not asking a call, because we're snowing. This is so terrible, and I'm going to interrupt the show. It's snowing here, so I'm having trouble getting it through on the Internet. So I'm just listening. But I want to no tell worries. you that you have on the phone. <laughs> but I want to tell you on the phone, I was fascinated by, it was a very simple comment that your callers, uh, that your parents said about, I asked my daughter if she wants to leave, and I'm processing that. That is an, a very interesting thing that we've been at functions, and it's like, okay, now it's time to go, and it could be the wrong thing to say. And so you turn that around, and I'm processing that, and that was a good comment. But thank you, and I just want to listen. I'm sorry. Keep listening. If, and, and, yes, <laughs> um, I've already inquired with my colleagues in Blacksburg. I'm not, you don't have to say where you are, but I've inquired with my – because I know 703 is a big area code – but um, Virginia's getting it today, aren't you? We are. We're, we're six to eight. The schools are closed. It's a lot of fun. There you go. And um, here in Portland, Maine, we are delighted that we are not in the path of this particular storm because we have had enough. But I get the feeling people in almost every part of the country have had enough of this winter. Um, so keep listening and stay warm. Let's go to our caller from area code 605. You've been holding on for 18 minutes. How you doing today? Hi, good. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, so I'm calling. I also emailed, um, and it was about the, um, like, challenging an IEP. Um, like, I just basically need some perspective because it's been, like, a long time coming, you know, I had called in the past year and talked about my son being in another school that he just hated, and now he's in, like, he's in preschool. He's a, um, he's now in a, a you know, a public preschool um, after, like, he, you know, basically had to fail out of a, um, a, a private preschool um, to get into a public preschool because he is, um, he has yet to be tested, um, I know you don't really like talking diagnosis, but, um, you know, I'm convinced by his way of thinking and all the, the deep lagging skills that he's got high-functioning autism. He tested three standard deviations above his peers academically, but he's at least two standard deviations below socially, emotionally, and... Anyway, so he's in the school now, and we've done, um, they, you know, I've, you know, given them resources and things um, to do with him. Um, I, you know, told them all about Plan B many times. Um, they used other methods and, you know, getting, that I um, found out, you know, doing Plan B or not even doing Plan B with him, but he had told me one day that he felt the teachers were mean um and you know you know then i did plan b with him about that um 
And, you know, it turns out, you know, going in there and talking to teachers and seeing what was going on, that they were using another method, um, you know, to um, get him to, you know, like for his behaviors or whatever to calm down that he, you know, felt was, mean and unfair. So, um, you know, I, I again reiterated how important it is to try Plan B, and, you know, I told them that I'll be doing it at home and, you know, that I hope that they do it with him um, because, you know, it works at home even though it takes a very long time with him um, because, again, the attention, um, the, um, you know, impulsivity, and also that he's extremely intelligent and, you know, you have to be, you know, extremely, like, on key with him. And, he, you know, he gets tired sometimes of of talking about his issues, <laughs> you know, of the lagging skills that, you know, that, again, that keep coming up and aren't getting solved. So, um, so anyway, um, so I told him, you know, I'd be working with him at home and everything, and I have on, you know, for that. Um, it doesn't seem like they're able to follow through, even though, you know, I, again, you know, told them the resources, you know, the website, Lives in the Balance, and that there's people that exist that are working this plan that they can find on the website. Um, by the way, the new website, I'm not sure where that is, so if you can help me with that too, like where to find resources, you know, people that are experienced to talk to other than, you know, call, calling into the, um, to the talk show. But um, anyway, so I, you know, I told them that, and I've been working with him at home on Plan B. Um, he developed, you know, a system for one of his um, problems that seems really good, um, except I think he needs support to do it, and I don't think he's gotten enough support at school to remind him and to work with him to do that. And, um, you know, so now we're trying to, like him and I are working to, try to figure out how we can make it even, you know, better for him, that solution that he came up with. I was very proud that he came up with this, you know, very good solution. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if this solution is going to work because, again, he needs help and support to remind him to, to you know, turn to it in the event, you know, of an, you know, the problem, you know, occurs. And, you know, it's right in the middle where his, you know, his, um, impulsivity and attention, you know, where where it's the hardest, like the most demands on his environment and, you know, where, you know, it's it's sort of an in-the-moment solution, um, you know, it's and then something that, you know, he needs practice on to get drilled into his head so that it doesn't have to be in the moment, that he could just be more prepared or that it's more natural. But anyway, doing... Plan B with him, I keep getting, even though I don't always get to the solution part of it, I don't always even get to the part where I, um, where I can, you know, state my concerns. Um, but I, but we almost always get a, a big, you know, I get like a good, really good understanding of where he's coming from, and I can really empathize with him because... Like, it's just a different perspective. It's just a different way that he's thinking about these things that are occurring, sorry, um, than other people would think. And I can totally see, this, you know, where he gets stressed and bothered by these things. 
and it just keeps coming down to the same lagging skills, the same emotional lagging skills, the same social lagging skills. And I just, like, you know, so I'm investigating, like, how do I help him with these, like, lagging skills? Because I believe the environment that he's in right now is, you know, even though he's changed, you know, a lot of the, you know, he's been able to interact more with peers. He still does mostly parallel play, but, you know, every now and then, like, he'll interact. And I've been in the school several times, and so I've seen him in the environment, but he's been able to interact a little bit, you know, like, you know, you know, a couple lines, you know, here and there, um, rather than just parallel play, play, and he's not as isolated, you know, as in the past, and, you know, so, and he's, you know, he's expected to engage, and some of his behavior, you know, has changed, you know, for the good, too, um, but I feel like mostly, like, the behaviors are changing, almost like plan C, rather than getting to the lagging skills. And even though he's learning social skills by interacting and doing plan B, and we've been doing so much at home, like playing games together, doing like a lot of family time, and, you know, like, you know, just doing a lot of social things, um, you know, that I've found that seem to be helping, imaginative play. We've been, like, he's he's been really receiving that like never before you know on his own he so let me just let me ask you a question okay let me ask you a question yeah um what's most troubling so that the parents panel can weigh in and i'm happy to as well but okay given your situation what's what's troubling you what's at the top of your list of what's troubling you it sounds to me like Number one, but I could be wrong about this. It sounds like number, and it you know it sounds like you're very concerned about your son, and of course you should be. But of all the things on your list, is trying to help the school get on board with this? Yeah, like I mean, I need help. (laughs) Like I need help. Like I'm doing Plan B at home. My family is falling apart because everything is like revolves around this beautiful little boy but everything his sister is like two and a half years old she's got her own things to worry about she's got so much stress for a two and a half year old little girl she's starting behaviors like picking her so you've hair got your, out you've got your hands like full you've got yeah, your hands so full. full and so when i'm doing plan b for the school it's so frustrating and now so i found this this you know social behavior mapping that seems like it might help with the social skills and the emotional skills. But I don't know, again, because, like, things that it seems like I've introduced to the teacher, like, even though I I think she's meaning well, she's a first-year teacher, <laughs> you know, they, they denied him any other services, like speech therapy or, you know, they denied him the services because of his, you know, record, like, educational testing because of his brilliance, you know. But with all the social lagging skills, so so he's just in preschool now, and and he's only gotten, like, a month of it. So I might be – that's why I need perspective. I might be just, like, you know, rushing it. But for me, it's been – I was a year ago that I first tried to go to a school district, and they denied us because he tested so well, and he was – you know, they couldn't see anything one-on-one. So it's it's old for me and new for everybody else. Let's and see if we can his, help you his out empathy a bit and here. communication is the is the hardest 
for like the the lagging skills, you know, the empathy. He doesn't he doesn't understand like yeah, how he's affecting everyone. And so I don't know if they're going to help me at school when I show them the social behavior mapping or if it's going to be the same thing and I'm working my butt off at home and the family's falling apart, you know? All right. So and, hang on a second. Yeah. Let's see, yeah. let's see what we can do here. First, yeah. first thing, you're going to need somebody helping you out more than what we can do on this program. Yes. That's, that's thing number one, and so we need to see if I know anybody, and what I'm going to encourage you to do is email the Lives in the Balance website after the program yeah. so that I can see if I know anybody in your area who can help yeah. out. So that's um, thing number one. Thing number two, I think both of my parents' panel members here would agree, um, your situation feels very overwhelming to you right now, and it would be good to see if we could help you focus on the things that are most important to deal with first, recognizing, of course, that we don't know your son, we don't know you, all of us Mm -hmm. are empathizing, I can only speak for myself, but we're all empathizing with you massively right now, but it sounds like you're working very hard at home, and you would love to have a partner in this effort at school. Is that a fair way yeah. to put it? Got yeah. it. So let me ask Susie and Anna if, and I know Susie has, but Anna, I'm less sure, if she has any guidance for um, how to navigate that part, um, recognizing that that's only a fraction of what you're calling and concerned about today. But yeah. let's see if. Susie can guide you a little bit as a mom who's been in very much the same place. And Anna, of course, can pitch in as well. But Susie, um, any words for our caller? Um, well, I just wanted to say that that it's great that you have found uh, this website and the radio program and the model. Um, and good for you for being open to a different way of doing things with your son. Um, My heart goes out to you. I've been, as Dr. Green said, in a very similar situation, and and it can be incredibly overwhelming. Um, That having been said, um, if if you can... um, the the model actually helped give me strength and um and laid out a logical framework so that i could prioritize and um focus on the two or three most really important problems that we were um having as far as school goes um I don't know if it's financially feasible for you to um, order a, a book uh, lost at school and and bring it in for his teacher. Yeah, they have that. They have that. Have they had a chance? I have. To... I have given them that, and uh-huh. yeah, supposedly they both like both teachers, like the head teacher and her assistant, have read it. Yes. 
Well, that's in fact I've that's given good, her mentor one too. So I gave like three books of right. school. And do they seem, you know, pretty they open? They said that it doesn't, you know, that they can't really get anywhere with them. You know, at sometimes they've said they don't have the time. At sometimes they said, you know, they can't really get anywhere with them. Like he doesn't talk to them. You know. And, you know, part of it is, like, developing trust. You have to trust a relationship if you're going to open up. Right. And, you know, the head teacher is in charge of everybody, and he's, she's the one that he probably relates to the most. But the assistant, I think, you know, you know is maybe has a harder time with it, and he doesn't relate to her as much. So, like, you know, I don't know if she was doing it more than the other one. I mean, I didn't drill them on, you know, all of why it didn't work. I just keep telling them plan B is what, you know, what needs to be done to get to it. But even doing plan B with him at home with the the problems that they, because they come to me and it puts like a heavy burden on me every time they, they you know, I've tried to tell them, please don't tell me just about behaviors. I want to know, you know, like besides the behavior, you know, what what's going on. So anyway, ends up they tell me the behavior I end up getting from him, what happened, and then it all just goes back to the lagging skills. You know, his perspective is skewed. You know, for for like um for like how to communicate with someone or, you know, like how like to how to express himself emotionally and, you know, where his place is in class and you know, having empathy for someone, you know, understanding that his his reactions are how they're affecting other people. And, you know, I don't know. Like, he just keeps going back to the lagging skills, you know, when when he tells me. And I I just feel like those need to be worked on so much so that he can get up to a level where, you know, we can like where where they're you know implementing whatever behavioral system hopefully plan B you know by talking to him and everything then that can get like up to par but i just feel like the lagging so like the social skills there i think he's put in the classroom and expected just like everyone else to get it and and he hasn't gotten it in 5 years why would he just get it from every other kid when he's i've put him in many social situations in many classes in the past, and, you know, he's failed out of many of them, but I made him stick to it and get through the class as he begged me not to bring him to another class. Like, he's gone in social situations before. Why would he all of a sudden, you know, everything change for him and he just is going to internally, socially get it and have empathy for others just by watching other people? You know? Like, Susie, I, I know he's say? not... I, I, I was or, just going to say... I was going to say, if there's any way, what worked for me was to to go into the school proactively and at a calm time before there's a problem um, and, and sit down with them and try to get them to articulate the two or three most important um, difficulties that they see are going on, and you could work on them together. And not focusing and, on the behavior, like you said, but right. Caller, and we I'm have gonna make, to do that. We have narrowed offer. it down. 
they have narrowed it down, and there is uh, just now like two times where it's very tough, and so those are what I'm working with him on Plan B with, and I've actually seen that happen, and I've tried to talk to him at those times or before those times he has an action plan, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Call like, us. I guess I what what that, what's, what's he doing? We're gonna. We have to what's unfortunately he? go off the air in 20 seconds, which I apologize oh. for, because Anna, I would love to have you weigh in. But caller, here's what I'd like you to do. Yeah. Will you call into the program first thing okay. next week? Yeah. Good, because I want to walk you through the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, because we really okay. need to get this nailed. Call yeah. in first thing next week. And we will okay. help you further than we've been able to help you today. Good. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Your thank son you. is really lucky that he has you for a mom and that you oh. listen to him. You deserve thanks. huge accolades and you're a good mom. I hope so. Anna, thanks for that. You really are. Thank you. I'm gonna be okay. We have to call it a day for today. Um, but mom, call in next week yes. and we'll okay. do our best to help you out further than we could today. All right, thank you. Parents panel, thank you. Thank you. Bye, Take Susie. care. Bye, Dr. Green.